If you haven't been with us, we have been going through the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, looking at the life of Jesus Christ. And as we come to Luke chapter six, I was looking through some pictures on my phone this last week. And one that I came across was about a year ago. I was in Gallatin Gateway and the picture is of a coffee mug that's sitting on a railing where I was outside uh, looking at across a field with snow and looking at the beautiful mountains. And as I saw that picture, I was reminded of that morning in which I just rested. I enjoyed a cup of coffee. I was enjoying all of God's creation and what I was seeing and worshiping God. And as I looked at that picture, reflected on Luke chapter 6, I was wondering, when was the last time that you truly rested? When was the last time that uh, you were able to uh, just take a break from things? And I don't mean go to sleep or to watch, uh, sit back and just watch Netflix, but to actually rest and enjoy a day uh, away from all the busyness. When was the last time that you were sitting quietly? And again, if you, if you, if you like coffee or tea, enjoying that, or maybe just not thinking about work or about things that are crazy that are going on. And I was thinking, what would happen to you if you took your phone and actually uh, put it on silent? And I don't mean leave it on silent so you can hear the when it vibrates and still know something's going on, but turn off notifications. Or maybe just turn the power off on your phone. I know that for some of you might gasp because you can't think of your phone being off for a moment. But I want us to, to reflect and think about where we find ourselves in today. Much of the world is uh, in this forced coronavirus Sabbath that uh, we have been given a time, or if you want to say forced, a time to slow down and to stop and really think about what matters in life. We may think that, hey, we're forced because of the virus, we're forced because of the government or our leaders saying we have to shelter in place. But really, have you thought about the fact that God in control of all things has given us a moment to stop and to rest and uh, to worship him? A couple questions from the text that I have for us today is uh, one, can I do work on a Sabbath day? And secondly, can I do good on a Sabbath day? And I want you to ask yourself this today and, and this week, how do you create rhythms of rest in your life? And a rhythm is really, a, a, it's a strong, regular, repeated action. If you're a musician, you may think, okay, rhythm, keeping a good rhythm or a pattern with things, or even when you just breathe in and out, there's a rhythm and a pattern with your breathing. How can we create rhythms of rest in the midst of this time well, the big idea this morning is this, is that God created the Sabbath so that we would stop, that we would rest, and that we would worship Him. Stop, rest, and worship God. If you look, look with me at Luke chapter 6, I'll be reading through verses 1 through 11 this morning in the Gospel of Luke. It says, On a Sabbath, while He was going through the grain fields with His disciples, or his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, 
how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those with him. And he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them all, he said to them, Stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. The word of God. Father, we ask that you would bless the reading and the preaching of the word. So this morning, the two questions for some of you might say, well, they're obvious ones. But let's look at this is in the sense of can I do work on a Sabbath day? Some of you are saying, well, what is a Sabbath? I'm not sure what a Sabbath day even is. If you read in the Bible and the instructions about a Sabbath day that was uh, given by God to his people, uh, it was a day of the week that it started uh, on sunset on Friday and it ended at sunset on Saturday. And if you look at Exodus, the Ten Commandments, God actually makes it a commandment to his people that they would have a Sabbath day. Exodus chapter 20, verses 9 through 11, it says, it says, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So God gave it as a gift to the people. He himself took a Sabbath when he created the earth. And with that, we see what is the purpose of the Sabbath. We may think, well, isn't that just what the Jewish people do? They have a, a Sabbath day. Well, God commands it to the people of Israel. But we know that all of God's word is for us today, so we can't just throw it to the side. And what we see is two things. One, with the Sabbath, especially here in the Ten Commandments, is that the commandment was not just to take a day of rest, but to actually imitate what God did. That God created the world in six days. He speaks the world into existence. And on the seventh day, it says that he rested from his work. Uh, go back and read Genesis chapter 2, which is what really this passage in Exodus is quoting there. But it's to be a day that's set apart, that is holy. And with it, this Sabbath is a rhythm. You see this lifestyle among the people of Israel and the lifestyle for us that you have work and you have rest. and You have work and you have rest. And that's really what God is intended for them and intended for us, that it's not just some Jewish religious lifestyle, that it's something for all human beings because God established it at the beginning when he created uh, the world. 
When you read through the Old Testament, though, the Sabbath was huge for the nation of Israel. You see it in their calendar. You not only see it in their days of the week, the six days, and then the Sabbath day of rest, but you see it in their years, that there would be six years of work, in a sense. And on the Sabbath, it, or the seventh, it was a Sabbath year, a Sabbath rest, that the work in the land was not to be done. Uh, farmers know this in the sense of having a, a crop's uh, grown and then letting the land lay fallow for a year, that in it you would uh, purposely not farm for a year so that the soil can be replenished, that it can be refreshed. And farmers know that there's a greater crop to follow. And God had put these things in place. And I'm not sure if you have seen these things lately, but this kind of Sabbath we're in in the midst of the virus is causing uh, the land to be restored. Actually, there should be a few pictures for you to see that this week I was noticing that in Italy, there's news articles about these canals in Venice that are usually uh, dark and dirty and have trash. And these pictures are that uh, the water is clear. You can see fish swimming. People have said that they've seen dolphins back in the area, that it's something that hasn't been seen in, in such a long time. There's also, with those things, I've seen pictures of you know, China, in which there's places where people haven't seen blue sky in years, and places like China, and places in Italy, even in San Francisco, where the air is clearing out because of this forced Sabbath rest among mankind in this world. A Sabbath rest is a good thing. It's not something that we should look at and go, ah, man, I, I just can't stop what I am doing. But it's a good thing. Moses told the people when he reminded them of God's commands that when they took the Sabbath, they were to also do something. Not just imitate God and rest, but they're to remember how God had freed them from slavery. So when you Sabbath rest, it's a time of imitating God and resting from work, but it's also remembering the work that God has done. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 is where we find Moses reminding them of this. It's in verse 15, and Moses says, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So for us today to think about the fact of imitating God, taking a day of rest, but also remembering the cross, remembering that the work that Christ has done to set us free from slavery to sin is a wonderful thing to reflect and think upon uh, on the Sabbath. It's this picture again of resting, of stopping, of resting and of worshiping God for what he has done in our life. If you look now at this text in verse 6 of Luke that we've been reading here, it says that Jesus is Sabbath day. It's a key thing there. Him and his disciples are walking along these grain fields and the, and, and the disciples are gathering grain in their hand and they're rubbing it in their hands so they can eat the grain. And you've got these religious Pharisees, which you've seen in the last chapter in our study of Luke, and they're paying attention. And it says in verse 2, some of the Pharisees said to them, why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? 
So with that question, another question arises like, well, what's prohibited on the Sabbath? What am I to do or not to do? The Word of God says to take a Sabbath. It says not to work. Jesus and his disciples, they're eating. So where is the line here? Found a fascinating article this last week thinking about these Pharisees. And if you were with us last week, we were referencing the Pharisees added all kinds of laws to uh, the law of God. And I found this. There's, there's 39 categories of Sabbath work that is prohibited by law. And this is from there's an article in 2006 by the Orthodox Union, which engages, strengthens, and leads Orthodox uh, Jews in the Jewish community. So here's a few of the things. Uh, on the Sabbath day, uh, you cannot carry something. And specifically, what it says, you cannot carry something in a pu- public place. So it for- forbids you carrying anything like even a key, uh, a handkerchief, you got to leave it at home. Uh, you can't carry a pocket, uh, a book, a purse, a wallet, a keychain. Uh, you, you can't carry any of that, only what you can wear. That's on the Sabbath. Um, but there's a clause at the end of it which says carrying anything in a private home is okay. You just can't be seen to do that. The second category is burning something. You're like, okay, burning. But they categorize it like this. Heating a piece of metal so that it glows is in the category of burning and is banned and prohibited by the Sabbath law. So when you turn an electric uh, appliance on, or as they reference here, a light, the filament gets hot, it lights up, it produces light, and that is considered work. Therefore, you cannot flip the switch and turn on your light on the Sabbath. So what you do is you get smart the day before the Sabbath and you turn on your lights and leave them on. But wait a minute. The next one is about extinguishing. You can't turn something off on the Sabbath. You can't do the office of that, any electrical appliance. So you've got to make a plan the day before the Sabbath. What am I going to have on or off during the Sabbath so that I don't break the Sabbath law? Now, I know you'll love this next one because it's called finishing. There's a bunch of things under it, but this one stood out to me, is that it forbids any cutting or tearing paper of any way on the Sabbath. So they write this, to take a very mundane example, one may not tear toilet paper on the Sabbath. So you have to actually pre-cut toilet paper the day before so that you don't break the law. So I guess you got to make sure you have a nut cut for that. You also can't sail on a small boat on those days. You, you could ride a big boat as long as a Gentile is uh, driving the boat, as, and as long as it doesn't uh, embark or disembark on the Sabbath day. Uh, lists like riding, racing you can't do. Cooking is kind of tricky because you can't cook anything. And then if you go back to the heating thing, and so like, what do you do? You've got to have the stove on, but they say, hey, put a tin pan over it so you don't adjust it. Cook the food the day before, and then you can warm it up again, and on and on. No washing, no sewing, tearing, tying knots, untying knots, no shaping, plowing, planting, watering, reaping. So you cannot climb a tree on the Sabbath. You cannot, as they say, smell a flower. You cannot harvest, you cannot thresh, you cannot winnow, you cannot select anything. And so uh, this selecting here, actually there's a note here about eating. You specifically cannot select or pick out a bone out of fish you're eating. And so that's one reason they have something that's called gefilte fish and the bones are already moved. So 
removed. So if you're eating fish on the Sabbath and you start choking on a bone, don't remove it. It's breaking the law. It's the Sabbath law. Sifting, grinding, kneading, combing, uh, spinning, dying. So ladies, pay attention to this. If you're trying to keep the laws here, you cannot apply lipstick or eyeshadow on the Sabbath. You can, you can apply permanent cosmetics before the Sabbath that last the entire day, but make sure you watch out there. The list goes on and on, and I found this last one here interesting. Shearing means the removing of hair, hair cutting, shaving, and for some reason cutting fingernails. Uh, eyebrow plucking is forbidden, so you cannot use a comb on the Sabbath because it generally removes hair, but you can use a soft brush, so make sure you have a soft brush there. I mean, some of these things are ridiculous. Are you picking up on that? The last uh, line that they say in the article is, after reading through the 39 categories of work, you might have come to feel that keeping the Sabbath is an impossibly complex task. I'll read those examples to you to point out the way that the Pharisees were treating the people and what the burden they were putting upon, adding to God's laws. And so the things that they would bring up, and as we read through and, and, and look at the book of Luke in the weeks to come, that you'll see there's an increased uh, attention being draw, brought that Jesus is bringing to the Pharisees, that their laws and, and rules are just ridiculous, and they add a burden upon the people. God has given us the Sabbath to enjoy He's given it as, as, a, as a day for us to enjoy with him. And legalists or these religious Pharisees are ruining those things. It's like if I gave a kid a bowl of ice cream or, or, or just said, hey, I'm going to give you some ice cream, but said, you know what? You cannot have that flavor ice cream. You have to have this and you can't have it in a bowl. You have to have it on a plate. You can't use a spoon. You have to use a fork. Oh, and you can't eat the ice cream today. You have to wait till Tuesday to eat it. And I mean, it takes the joy out of eating ice cream. I love eating ice cream. I know how to eat the ice cream, and I just want to enjoy it. But yet, to think that someone would impose laws on how to eat ice cream is a sense of what Jesus is pointing out to the Pharisees. Here's what you're doing as you're saying, it's wrong for us to pick grain and eat it on the Sabbath. So what was prohibited? Well, God's laws had some things that were listed there. But for example, you could not, for the sake of money, do work or harvest. Uh, farmers were not allowed to harvest on the Sabbath. And the seriousness of what God had laid out for them at the time is found in Exodus 31, verse 15. It says, six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. You say, wow, man, I've broken the Sabbath all kinds in my life. Well, we'll talk about mercy and grace and the law here as Jesus addresses them. But to think this is the seriousness of what God was with his people regarding the Sabbath. I'm giving you a gift of Sabbath rest. I want you to follow after that and abide by it. And here the Pharisees, they're like, Jesus, your disciples are breaking the law and we're going to put you to death for that. Well, look at what Jesus says to them. Look back here in Luke 6, verse 3. He goes on and says, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? 
When he and those who were with him, how he enters the house of God, and he eats this bread of the presence. And so what's this about that Jesus is bringing up? In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, in the temple, you had religious leaders, these priests. And so they would do these sacrifices. They would lead the, the prayer time. They would lead the worship. And they were in a position to do work, even the, on the Sabbath of those things. And with that, Jesus says, hey, remember David, King David. And these Pharisees, these religious leaders, they would know these things. And he's referencing 1 Samuel chapter 21. And what he's using the example of King David for is to teach mercy over ceremonial laws. And so there was on the day, Sabbath day, there was 12 freshly baked uh, uh, loaves of bread for the priests. I mean, I could picture and smell that fresh uh, loaf of bread right now. It was only for the priests. It was set aside only for those people. David and his guys come in. They ask the priest, hey, we need something to eat. Priest's like, hey, all the other bread's gone. We only have the bread of the presence. And he's like, hey, have you kept yourself clean and these things? And they ate that. And God was not angered with David for eating the bread that was set apart for the priests. And therefore, the Sabbath does not prohibit doing or carrying out any needs of necessity for life. There's no law in the Word of God that says you cannot pick grain and eat it on the Sabbath as Jesus' disciples were doing. Actually, there was laws put in there for the poor who that they could actually go into the grain fields and, 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 and take some grain for themselves because of their poverty. And we find those in Deuteronomy 23. But look what Jesus says in verse 5 here of Luke 6. He said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Lord of the Sabbath. You might want to highlight that, underline that. That's an important statement of what Jesus is saying about himself there. This account in the Gospel of Mark, Mark says in chapter 2, verse 27, that Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You see, we're not to be restricted by the Sabbath, but rather God gave us the Sabbath as rest to use as a gift from him. And basically what Jesus is saying to the disciples when he says that I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, he's like, I, I have the right to tell you that your rules that you're adding are wrong. And because he's clearly saying, I am God, I am the Messiah, and therefore I have the right to interpret the word of God and explain it to you. Jesus here is claiming by saying he's Lord of the Sabbath that he is the creator God, because God is the one who created the Sabbath in the first place. And so Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath. He's Lord over all mankind because Jesus is God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 tells us this specifically about Jesus. It says, actually it says in verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, were there thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. You see, Jesus spoke the world into existence, said, let there be light. and There was light and therefore he is the Lord of the Sabbath and is able to give this explanation to the Pharisees and tell them that they are actually in the wrong 
Well, let's look at this other question that I have for us. Maybe an obvious one for you, but in chapter 6 of Luke, verses 6 through 11, the question is, can I do good on a Sabbath day? You might say, well, of course I can do good on a Sabbath day. Well, look at the text here. It's another Sabbath day. It's not the same one where the Pharisees are picking on him for the grain picking. But here he goes into the synagogue, as we've been seeing him do in the book of Luke. And there's a man that has a hand that's withered. Some either he was born with, injured, whatever it may be. Scribes or Pharisees are waiting to trap him. And if you read the chapters that follow in the book of Luke, the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders, are constantly looking for ways to trap Jesus and accuse him of breaking the law so they can get rid of him. And so they have this man there. I always wonder, did they actually get this man and say, hey, come in the synagogue with us today. You know, hey, Jesus, and, and did they, were they trying to set Jesus up here? I'm not sure. We know from the previous chapters in Luke that Jesus didn't turn any people away as they came to him for healed, healing. He healed them all. But the reason why the disciples are trying to trap him, if you go back and read the last chapter of Luke, there's this building of anger in their hearts. You know, you, you go back and you see that Jesus calls this tax collector, Levi, to follow him. They're like, hey, you're calling a sinner to follow you? And then we see last week he's calling into account their religious legalism. And here he just, he just told them on the previous Sabbath, hey, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. So they're getting angered. They're getting fired up. And they want to find a reason, it says in verse 7, to accuse Jesus for breaking the law. If you look at verse 8, though, it's kind of a tag on the end of what he said about being Lord of the Sabbath. It says he knew their thoughts. I mean, think about it for a minute. Who is one person in this world that knows your thoughts? You might think, oh, that, that person knows me well. They know my thoughts. No, they may know you well, but no one knows your thoughts other than the Lord God Almighty. And Jesus is there. He knows what these Pharisees are thinking. It does not say that he figured out or overheard or disciples told him. He knew their thoughts and therefore addresses their thoughts and calls the man with the withered hand. Verse 8 says, come here. And he asks these Pharisees a question, a general moral question behind God's commandments about doing good or not doing good. Look at verse 9. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? He's like, Sabbath day of rest. Yeah, you're not supposed to work. But is it right to do, the good, do a good thing or to not do a good thing, to save a life or, or not to preserve a, a, a life or to ignore those people who are made in the image of God? He gets no answer. When you read the same account in Matthew and Mark and here, he actually is angered, it says in Mark chapter 2. It says that he's angered with the Pharisees and he's grieved because of the hardness of their hearts. Um, here in Luke, verse 10, after looking around at them, he says, stretch out your hand. <laughs> and this man, in a sense of faith, does that and his hand is restored. In Matthew's account, it says that Jesus said in verses 11 and 12, as he says to the people at the Pharisees there, he says, which one of you has a sheep? If it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, 
will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It's like, hey, if you've got a pet today and it falls in a pit, it's like, Fifi, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back in the morning. It's a Sabbath. I can't do anything today. I mean, that's it's ridiculous when you think of what the Pharisees are going, nope, you got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. You can't do that because it's a Sabbath. We're going to break the law. I mean, it'd be like one of those things, I love to go fishing, and let's just say I'm out fishing on the Clark Fork, and you're floating down the river, and you're drowning, asking for help, and I'm like, hey, it's the Sabbath. I'm sorry. I'm, and I'm just casting away like a religious Pharisee, casting that fly, trying to catch some fish, doing my own work, but I can't save you because it's the Sabbath. I mean, this is really how ridiculous it is. And you might think, well, that's the religious Pharisees. No. Today, there are people who live their lives bound with such legalism in their life that they don't see Jesus. As we saw last week, the Pharisees were blinded by their legalism to the fact that Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, that had been promised, which they were waiting for, was there before them. Look at verse 11. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. When you read the other gospel accounts, you, you see from this point on, they not look only for ways to accuse Jesus, but to get rid of Jesus, to murder Jesus, to uh, have him put to death. And I was thinking this week, if I was just one of Jesus' disciples in the last couple Sabbaths accounts here, just kind of, what would I be learning from Jesus and what he's teaching about the Sabbath? Well, the first thing would be that Jesus teaches to observe, to keep the Sabbath. There's nowhere where he gives justification to just break God's law. And I'd say that Jesus and his disciples were holding to the Sabbath and to resting. Uh, there's, a, there's a passage in, I believe it's in Mark uh, chapter 6, where uh, the disciples come back from this point. And Jesus is like, hey, come away with me and get some rest right now. That in the midst of ministry, that Jesus said it was important for them to rest. And for us today, the Sabbath rest is possible for us. And it's not only possible, but I would say a Sabbath rest is essential and important for your life. It's essential and it's important for my life. I know that a number of years ago in my life, I found that working was very easy in one sense, and that I could develop and did at the time develop a workaholic tendency and have found in my life it's, it's hard at times to just stop doing work and to rest. And to think, oh yeah, those are some Old Testament laws, that's for the nation of Israel. No, if you turn to Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 4 speaks of a follower of Christ today, a Christian today, and the need today for a Christian to rest and have a Sabbath rest. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 9, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. You see, 
If we're a follower of Christ, we are in Christ and Christ is in us and we're given a rest that others who are not followers of Christ, that they do not have. The believers called to strive after that rest, that Sabbath rest. And so my encouragement to you and, and, and for myself is the Sabbath rest is, is to stop, to stop striving in ways that 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 lead you uh, in, in, a, in a manner where you're just having anxiety, worry, or in a sense of resisting what God wants to do. So you need to stop. You secondly need to rest when you stop and enjoy the presence of God. To have joy in the fact that God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in the believer. That we have the presence and the peace of God. And not only stop and not only rest, but to worship God for the work that He's done in your life at the cross. Because the work that was done by Jesus, by dying on the cross in our place for our sins, His blood shed that we would be forgiven that he died and was buried and rose again. He ascended to heaven where he's ruling and reigning now and he's returning. That having faith in Christ and what he did, belief in Christ as Lord and Savior, grants us that rest that we can have that is true and only in him. So you need to stop, you need to rest, and you need to worship him and I would say that probably the Sabbath rest for many Christians is not an important part of their life. It's probably one of the last things. I just encourage you to reflect on that. To think, how is resting in God a part of your life? The second thing that if I was a follower of Christ that I would probably be learning from seeing what Jesus was teaching is that God's laws are not given to us to make life harder, but actually are given to help us. So don't be quick to throw out God's law in the name of grace. So how do you apply this? How do I apply this? A good question is, is today is how do I create rhythms of rest? What are some rhythms of rest that I need in my life? You know, we, we, we understand and see as this has been played out in our world, the, the corona virus Sabbath that we're in will end at some point. So how do you prepare now for that rest that we're being forced into uh, when you get busy again? Some of you who are workaholics, you need to think about this. What are some rhythms of rest that you need to apply in your life now? What, again, when you think of just breathing in and breathing out and that rhythm of rest, to think about what is rhythms of rest for you now? What is practical things that you could do? How can you stop rest and worship now so that you will do that in the future where you can enjoy a day with God and with your family? Let me, let me encourage you to do this. Would you just turn off the news? Would you turn off talk radio? Would you turn off your phones? Stop looking at all the information and misinformation out there and just rest in the Lord. Maybe you need to just do that while we're in this kind of forced Sabbath right now. Maybe you need to make a list right now of things that are going on in your life when you have to take a break from that you thought you could never do without, but you're doing fine with today. Do you go back to those things? What are you enjoying now in the midst of 
chaos and things out there that you would miss if you were typically living out your life the way you have been. May I suggest that you take a day off, rest from your labors, enjoy God, enjoy your work, enjoy friends, your family, neighbors, practice hospitality, enjoy community, take a nap. It's okay to do that. Because God is sovereign and in complete control of all things. And he's not going to lose control just because you stopped and you took a nap or you stopped and took a day of rest. God's still in control. God's still in control when you turn off your phone, stop reading texts and emails. I would say this. There is a present rest in God now, and there's a future heavenly, eternal Sabbath rest to come. But it's only for those who have faith in the good news of Jesus Christ. It's only that eternal Sabbath rest is only for those who believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As our worship team comes up here, my encouragement for you would be to reflect on that verse. Jesus says, come to me. He's inviting you to believe in him as Lord, as Lord of the Sabbath, as Lord over all. Jesus wants to give you rest from the burdens of religious legalism, from workaholism, from worrying, from anxiety. And I'll tell you this, you may not agree with me, but you will never find true rest until you find true peace. And you will never find true peace until you find Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'd remind you where we started this morning is that God created the Sabbath so that we would stop, that we would rest, and that we would worship Him. Father, I pray that You would work in our hearts in such a way that we would stop. That whenever we are watching this, listening to this, that we would stop and that we would rest and that we would worship you. Father, would you remove anxiety and worry because this world is filled with it? Would you help us to focus on Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb and the promise of the return of Christ? Jesus, we say, come again soon. Father, as we continue to sing, as we lift our voices to you, would you receive the praise from our lips? And Father, for any who are there who have been listening to the preaching of the word this morning and have heard the gospel, I pray if they're far from you, that today they would believe in you as Lord and Savior and that you would save them. Father, receive the praise from us in Jesus' name. Amen.